saying outright, like to people that don't really know me that like, Hey, I work in oil and gas and I've worked in oil and gas for over 10 years. People really do look at you a little different. You're kind of a different breed. And they're like, well, what happened? Didn't you go to Boulder for school? What went wrong? I had one professor actually ask me, what did they do wrong? That I ended up in oil and gas. And I thought it was a joke and I started laughing and she's like, no, I'm serious. Like, how did, what did we do to cause you to go into oil and gas? I'm like, what? Why wouldn't I? It's like a, it's like an instant moneymaker. Well, it's not, it's not even that. It's like, I thought being the environmentalist that I am, I thought that that this would be like the best way for me to make good change. So welcome back, everybody. I am going to stop pretending I ever know what episode number we're on. I think this is going to be 15, (laughs) which is really exciting because it has a five in it and five is my lucky number. And we have one of my favorite people on the planet on today. So I'll go ahead and introduce her. Actually, I don't know that I ever actually call you by your name, Alex, because I always just see it on my books and say, hey, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So Alex, do you want to say hi to everyone? Hello. Hello, everyone, (laughs) including myself, who will one day, you know, listen as well. I'm also an avid listener, so. There we go. I love um, that. Thank you so much for your support. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's been super awesome. I'm along for the ride, you know? And I think that uh, you're doing you're doing good work. I mean, you're asking all these people these questions that I want to know the answer to as well. So Yes. It's very easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, today you're going to be on the other end of it. We're going to be very asking exciting. you questions that Excellent. people didn't even know they wanted to know about. So <laughs> that's always the goal. <laughs> So I'll just let you guys know, Alex is one of my favorite clients and also is one of the only women I've ever met that works in the oil and gas industry. And so we always end up talking about a slew of things because we're also friends. Last time we chatted behind the chair, she was telling me all the ins and outs of what it's like to be a woman in that field. And so we're definitely going to dive into that more today in a whole bunch of different ways. So Alex... Go ahead and tell us about yourself. All right. Well, I'm Alex. And funny, I normally introduce myself as Alexandra on purpose because in the oil and gas industry, more times than not, people are like, oh, Mr. Wingert. Oh, like, God. Uh, so my email, I had to have like corporately changed from Alex Wingert to Alexandra because I, I'm like over it. Like, uh, sir, I'm, I'm not a sir. I'm like, I'm a lady. Yeah. Or just like, don't be presumptuous. Like, like, hi, Alex. Actually, since I do work in the South a lot, I love when they're like, ma'am. And I'm like, oh, yep. Yep. That's me. Thank you. Like, um, you may call me head bitch in charge. (laughs) Yeah. HBIC. Let's see. I grew up in Los Angeles. I'm from a large family, so that was a lot of fun, a lot of very loud, proud Jews, so just a loud household. I went to wilderness school for part of high school um, at High Mountain Institute in Colorado, and that's kind of what started my love for the outdoors. I showed up to wilderness school in Uggs and leggings with a cashmere sweater. Um, I think they probably thought I, I was I in the wrong that. place. They're like, sweater. yeah, you like, can't have a cell phone. And I was like, I'm sorry. You're taking <laughs> my Blackberry? I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, showed up to wilderness school, spent six months up in Leadville and backpacking through the Canyonlands um, in Utah and skinning the 14ers here in Colorado. So came back to LA, a total granola, no shoe wearing, no makeup wearing. I even had three dreadlocks that my mom did actually have to buzz out of my head. I'll never forget that. I'm a little (laughs) appalled. She wouldn't be caught dead with that. Oh no, 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 no. When you don't get a permanent straightening situation with a Jufro and you don't shower for two weeks, (laughs) like they, it just happens. Anyway, these are natural dress. (laughs) 
this naturally <laughs> occurred. It's, it's so gross. When you shower in the Colorado River, it's, anyway. Um, so that that kind of started my like love for the outdoors and love for Colorado. I moved, I fell in love, obviously, and then I went to CU Boulder, which is where I met, you know, the majority of my closest friends that still here in Denver. Um, uh, I met my husband. We dated, and that's a whole nother story that for a different podcast, his sister parent trapped us in California and now we're married. That's a, that's a wild story. This is a great story though. I think this might need to be included later. I had no idea. And I cut his hair too, which by the way, does he still need a haircut? Yeah. But we talk about that. It's a situation. Um, got it anyway. Uh, so yeah, that, and then, um, basically graduated from CU Boulder 2011 and all I wanted to do was work for like a solar wind something. I wanted to do something in renewables. No one would hire me. Ugh. Absolutely no one would hire me. Um, it was like I was a leper. I, got, I couldn't even get like I got a first interview and then no one would talk to me again. I was like, all right, well, fuck this. So. I went to the engineering career fair at CU and I was actually shocked that there were multiple oil and gas companies at the fair. So I left my resume with a bunch of them. I got a call back from three different oil and gas companies that were like, Hey, I know you have an environmental science background, so we're not really sure what to do with you, but we like you. And I was like, Oh, okay. Wow. I, I love that. Even... That just goes to show you guys that it doesn't necessarily matter what you study in. You can work in any field. Any, oh, it, it really is irrelevant. What you this... study in school is actually irrelevant. I'm full blown believer in that. It's, it's very true. I have an English degree. I sell toilets. There you go. <laughs> like what? Yes. I'm into I have a dance it. degree and I run a finance company. <laughs> okay. <That's... laughs> Everything that you I honestly really believe like, yes, I think elementary school is very important. I think higher education is important, but I do think a majority of the stuff really is better learned in the real world. I am a huge proponent of that. So I got hired at a company, a big, big, big company. They were like, hey, we don't know what to do with you, but we're going to put you in our engineering rotational year so that you can figure out what you want to do. And where what you company is the this? Company. Can, you, can you tell yeah, us? Yeah, actually, yeah. National Oil Well Varco, NOV. Okay. They are like the Walmart of the oil field. So basically, you need anything, they, they have it. They're wow. one of the biggest companies. So they started me um, in Houston. I started off in the well site, basically running operations in Houghton, Louisiana, where there is no trash pickup in Houghton, Louisiana. They burn their trash in the yard. Like I was in very rural Louisiana, but it was so much fun. I learned like about this is interesting. surface rigs and what drilling even meant and I, hands-on. Like I was in a full suit, you know, hazmat's basically suit, hair up in a hard hat. So, what, so much fun. What does drilling entail? Because you, it depends on who you talk to yes. where they say- Oil is a finite resource, but then many people will say it's actually not. It is renewable. So that is an, that's an interesting discussion. I, I think we have enough oil to last a very long time. Do I think that we will run out one day? Yes, I do. I okay. don't know how much oil is really recyclable because it's a usable energy source. But I do think there's a lot of oil that, that is down below in reservoirs that we don't know about. Yeah, because they say like, this one's gone dry, but then like 10 right. years later, it's right. flowing I, again. Right. So our technology is getting so much better. You're basically taking photos of what's below the ground. I think there's a lot of, like, there's a huge reservoir in California that because California policymakers don't want to drill, they won't, that the oil will just sit there. Okay. And until we really need it, I guess they won't like, they won't drill for it. Um, Do you think that it actually plays a a role in like, like seismic activity? And now I'm like going off topic. I don't. So I love that you just asked this because this is like the (laughs) best question that I talk about um, with people that don't know about oil and gas. 
you've heard on the news, like there's earthquakes because of drilling. It's technically not drilling that's causing okay. earthquakes. Drilling down into the earth doesn't cause earthquakes. Injecting water back into reservoirs or the, below Plates. the surface um, is causing earthquakes. Okay. When you drill for oil, a lot of like oil or gas and water, a lot of water comes back up and out at the surface. So the company that I work for now, QEP, they have a wonderful, wonderful water recycling program that unfortunately nice. does not make enough news. Essentially, QEP has the technology, I'll say, to take the water that's being, that would be considered like a byproduct and recycle it and reuse it for drilling purposes or ponds. And I wish all companies did that. Now, is it expensive? Yes, it is. But mm. is it the right thing to do? It is. So I hope mm. more oil and gas companies down the road have a better water recycling program. Um, it's just to reuse the water for drilling. I love this. That you don't have to bring in extra water to drill. Yeah. Um, oh, it kind of makes me think of being at the dentist where they're literally drilling into your tooth, but also flashing you with water at the same time. Right. Yes. Yeah. So th- by the way, drilling, that's exactly what drilling is. You like the bit rotates. It's like a big drill bit. Right. And it just goes mm-hmm. like this and you are putting, there's like little spouts in the drill where the water comes out so that it makes it easier on the bit and to drill, to drill. through rock and sand. Damn. So Not only is water going, coming in from the surface to drill, but as you get deeper and deeper and deeper into the earth where the oil and gas are, there's also water. So you're getting a lot of water coming up and out. So Um, the place that you went to in New Orleans, they taught you the basics. In Louisiana. Yep. Um, In Houghton, Louisiana, Northern Louisiana. I did not get to go to Southern (laughs) Louisiana. Um, So that's where I kind of learned the basics of water recycling. They were already starting to think more forward. How can we reuse this resource? Because water also, yes, it's recyclable, but it's also somewhat finite, right? And we need to be Mm -hmm. aware of all the fresh water we're using. So I, Louisiana, actually, yeah. I have a question super quick. Cause yep, you were like, yep. I work for the Walmart of oil and gas and you're like, yep. anything you need, we had it. Yep. So I know you've told me a little bit, cause I already asked you this question, which means someone else is going to want to know the answer too. When I think oil and gas, I think of my car Yep. and that's about it. So okay. what, <laughs> I know there's other uses, but like <laughs> yeah. what else does that, it, when you say all the other things, like what are all the other things? Okay. If literally don't have enough time to tell you what, how many things, but like, I'll <laughs> Oil just, <laughs> president. For, that's for just, okay. for just, just right like now, an overview for the, for yeah, the dumb for, person like me. That so has no like idea. the shirt that you're wearing, unless it's made from hemp, like straight up, like sewn with hemp has some sort of petroleum product. Mm-hmm. My bra strap, like I'm wearing a sports bra. Do you feel like the elastic that kind of holds you in with mm-hmm. your boobs? Yeah. Oil and gas. Petroleum. That, that's petroleum product. It's in My everything. Com- the computer. It's like milk. It's it, in no, everything. Yeah, it's in everything. <laughs> um, like any, my glasses, petroleum product. These, So is it, made. does it function as kind of like a binder? Yeah. So it's hydrocarbon. So basically, yes, it's a binder. It makes like the plastic and rubber, like that's all petroleum. So crazy. Uh, unfortunately, like we can't even get food now unless you are mm-hmm. literally growing it in your backyard, petroleum or natural gas. That's why it's really yeah. hard. You know, everyone's like ban fracking, ban. I'm like one, you don't do Fracking is really not that bad. All fracking is, is fracturing rock. I'm shooting high pressure water down below ground to break rock and let oil and gas seep through. That's what fracking is. Most people don't know what that means. So no, now you do. You're literally I mean, fracking. I watched the whole, what was that documentary on fracking? It was The one um, where the water was lighting on fire. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that actually, that's, that's another, I love this. Let's talk about this more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's do it. I like, the, I have to know. The, Cause I've always been like, I forgot I what fracking. I, I, what was the name of the documentary? Gasland or something? Yeah. So that whole thing, unfortunately, like it would have been like actually kind of interesting if his water was actually lighting on fire from an oil well, I'd be like, I don't, how are you even, I don't know how you'd even be getting that. His water well was on top of a methane reservoir. Like the water well in his house. Oh, so like it's the all well, gas. what they, what they went, what they figured out was whoever drilled that water well for him didn't do enough background work. And they ended up figuring out that there was a methane pocket sitting in below the, in the well. Yeah. And you're correct. It's Gasland. Yeah. Gasland. There you go. So like that's <laughs> just in case thing, anybody wants to watch. Yeah. Um, and by, by the way, Gasland was a wonderfully made documentary. I just wish they had gotten some of the facts a little bit better. I am the first person to tell you and most and everyone that you know there are things that oil and gas we've gotten a really bad rap. We've gotten a shitty, shitty rap, and digging yourself out of a hole in the media is a disaster. The whole industry has finally accepted this thing we're calling ESG. So that's the environmentally sustainable, basically pillar. Okay. So now if you ask anyone, all of, all of the boards, all of the CEOs, everyone's added a team within their organization to make sure this is at the forefront of everyone's mind. BP head um, in London, their whole campaign right now is they're going to try and be net carbon net zero in like by 20, I think it's 2040 or something, which is pretty crazy. That's insane. That's insane. Now that is cool. (laughs) That is so cool. That means that they've made so, I mean, granted BP has a lot of money and they have the funds to be able to do that. They can like, people don't know that Shell, Chevron, like BP, they all do other things other than oil and gas. And they have a huge lab in San Francisco that is developing these organisms that's also going to be a potential like renewable energy. Ooh, to like eat up chemicals and reproduce like clean shit. It's just, yeah, like that's That's the other thing. Like there are, there are things other than oil and gas that some of these companies are doing. I hope these like I kids said, that are like the generation right below us, like yeah. they're so fucking smart. It's like scary. It's wild. Like I'm in a coding class right now with these 18 year olds. Python is like a language for them that they talk. Like I, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A equals what? Like what? I, it's just another language. I would suck at this really language. Smart. So yeah, I, uh, I, I wish, I wish more people would just have a very candid conversation with me. I, when anyone like asks me, I'm more than happy to talk about it. Well, and I, I want to piggyback on that a little bit too. Cause like you mentioned hemp going into clothing and just so people know, cause I've been doing a lot of sitting in on meetings and talking about these things. Cause I'm financing these companies right. in the hemp space. That's my other job. And we are so far away from realistically being able to do that because it's so cost inefficient. It is so cheap to grow hemp. Well, it's not so, so cheap to grow hemp, but it is so not cost effective for the farmers to decide to grow it for the cost of processing it into a actual tangible resource that it doesn't make any sense to do. First of all, it's really hard to determine actually how much that that would cost because everything is so up in the air because it's not being done on a massive scale yet. But all of the estimates are so expensive that it's like if it takes $5 to make a plastic bottle out of hemp products, no one's gonna buy that. And I'm talking like a Dasani water water bottle. Yeah. Okay. You can buy that at an expensive gas station for $5. And everybody that went into making that product has to make profit on that $5. It's not going to happen anytime soon. I think that's the, that's the biggest thing about oil and gas, you know, and it's been in the media, you know, like with with everything and happening in Texas and Tennessee and um, Georgia over the last two weeks with the freeze, this has been talked about. Why are we so dependent on fossil fuels? Well, we don't have an option. 
like here in Colorado, we get our energy from Excel, that they're, they're the energy company. And if you look at their portfolio, yeah, it's wonderful. Like I even pay extra to like try and help their renewable department. But the base load, like when you turn your light on in your house in the United States, I think it's like 85% comes from fossil fuels. Wind, solar, they're, mm-hmm. they are determinant. Like you cannot run a windmill, like a wind. Without wind. No. And if, if all of a sudden, like today, it's a nice day out and there's no wind, like nothing's happening right now in the, in the world, we don't have enough battery storage. We don't have a big enough battery that's going to store solar or wind. We just don't have it. It doesn't exist yet. It will, but not yet. So right now, natural gas is our best, best option, better than oil. Natural gas is best. It's so weird. Cause like you're saying like Excel provides our energy here in yeah, Colorado yeah. and coming from New York, it's like, we have like NYSIG, Central Hudson, like a right. few different power companies there. But let me tell you, it's so cheap here. Why is it so much cheaper? Because you you can, we have so many natural gas plants Okay, here. It's readily available. So like New York, oh, California, okay. they put a lot Makes of taxes sense. on energy use. Um, that's the Ugh. way that the state's making the money you know, in this world of being so environmentally conscious, like I come from the environmental background, but working for an oil and gas company, man, people just look at me sideways. It's a big deal. Like, you know, when Paige and I were talking about me even coming on the podcast, I was like, my first, my initial reaction was like, yeah, of course. Then I'm like, oh my God, like now all these people are going to know. But like, that's, that's how crazy (laughs) that is. Like, it just depends if I don't know someone I just mm-hmm. say I, I work for like utilities. Okay. I don't, I don't usually share that unless I know who the person is. Cause like, you just don't know people's reactions. Yeah. That sucks. Well, um, and I'll be super transparent, Alex. When you first told me you worked in oil and gas, I was like, that is so whack to me. Like, because she's so awesome and I have such a negative or had, yes, I have yes. since changed it. Cause we've had real combos. Yeah. Yeah. But my first reaction was like, yeah, just, I didn't get it. I was like, cause she's so intelligent and so cool and like cares about all the things. My that- own, my own father is like, <laughs> what, why? And over the last 10 years, you know, explain to him some of the really cool projects that I've been able to work on. And he's like, okay, I mean, I get it now. And so now he sees why I work for this industry. This in, one I love the people within the industry. The people in the field that work these rigs and operations in the field, they are the best type of human. I mean, I've worked in Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, North Dakota, Colorado, Wyoming. These are good men and women, like hardworking, literally hardworking. Labor intensive and they really love the work and they will they'll talk to you about anything they'll tell you about how anything works they'll they'll sit you down and work through it so I've loved and the like the people in my office the the team which is one of the reasons why I would never really want to leave the industry I love the people it's a small community here in Denver which is which is wonderful you mentioned that you've worked on a bunch of cool projects. Yeah. Like what, what would you say like your top three are? So one was at the very beginning of my career, there was a filtration project that I was working on. They were, it's actually a, a company that makes a water filtration unit that they just are filtering water that is then made into Coca-Cola products. So someone had the idea to bring this filtration unit into the oil field. It didn't work great, but it worked so that it filtered basically our, the water. They wanted to basically use reverse osmosis. It's very expensive, but it can be done. If somebody wants drinkable, clean water from the water that's coming up and out of the well-produced water, it's possible. I watched it happen. Technology exists, it's mm-hmm. just expensive. 
Yeah. Um, it's can we afford it? Is it can, right? Is it can something we, that's sustainable on that end? But you took non-potable, like non-drinking water into w- water you could drink. That was really <laughs> cool. Um, and now, yeah. Out of curiosity, yep. could the oil and gas industry then start to be some of the heads for desalinating water? And we are there already working on it. Interesting. It's reverse osmosis. That's just, that's just like, what right. So it's like the same, same thing. thing. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what um, I thought. I think if they were forced to do it, they would do it. Yeah. But right now we don't have to. Mm. Why, why do something? And again, this comes back to like money and it comes back to, is it Ease. worth it? Right. Why should I have to, you know, reverse osmosis back to drinking water? And also like, Paige, if I told you I have lab reports on this water, but you know it came from a drilling activity, would you still drink it? I mean, I would. So the thing is, you know- But I don't know that everybody else would. So like I, if you could test it and show me that it's safe to drink. Right. I just don't know the, I don't know how many people would say yes. I have drank it personally. With actually without a lab test, I just drank it. Now I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking like fracked fluid. Um, it's like, let's go I, for it. I drank it at the time. It was 2012 that we were running that project. There was another cool project that I ran up in, and I was the project manager on that up in um, Williston, North Dakota during the boom in 2014. And it was so fun up there, guys. Okay. One, yes, I was with Mark. No funny business happened, but damn. You want to find some hot single men, you go to an oil town. Okay. Can you take me? Are you going <laughs> I, anytime I'll soon? take you. I was like, I'm ready. Oh Let's my go. God. Like I'm, uh, and th- these are, I mean, these are real men. You're right. On that rig, when I sat that rig, I was the only female of the crew of 32 guys. Oof. So being a woman in the industry is by far the hardest thing that I've had to deal with. The technical side that's, that's the easy part. I can do it. That's not the problem. It's actually having boobs and a vagina. I will always be second. I can't stand it. I genuinely think it's changing. As I start seeing more and more women in higher ranking positions, there are two companies here in Denver. Well, I guess three as of last week that have women as VPs. One has one is one of the biggest companies in the world, and she's the CEO. That's awesome. What company is this? Occidental. Oh, um, I don't know this, but and that's crazy. Yeah, Oxy. They're yeah, they're quite large. They bought Anna Darko, and she's the CEO, and she's kick ass. The other one is Antero has a VP of Ops, a mentor of mine, and she's also brilliant. I hope that going forward, women don't just have the accounting and HR roles. The problem is the following. It's very, very rare that you see a woman working a rig. You just don't. I have one other girlfriend that's currently working in West Texas as a mud engineer, but other than her and myself, which I only sat a rig, I was only up there for a year. So I mean, yes, I have rig experience, but I, I'm not a career rig hand. It's very rare that you find a woman that has experience. I think that's one of the reasons why now I've been able to kind of work my way up in operations because I think most men, to be honest, they look at your resume and they're shocked, shocked that I have rig experience, which gives me a leg up. What's the craziest thing that you saw working a rig? Like safe, unsafe? Safety is actually taken very, very seriously in the oil field. I figured. Um, I don't know if it comes from a PR perspective or the fact that these guys genuinely want people to go home to their families. That's something that is talked about. We'd have morning meetings at 5 a.m. with the rig manager. And he would always say, like, let's be safe today. I want want you to go home to your families. He said that every day. That's so sweet. Now- I had a really great experience on the first rig that I sat. I'm actually still friendly with a lot of them. Really looked at me like a little sister. 
So I felt very protected. I had one, one time during that year where I felt harassed. Thank God nothing happened. It was more of a verbal situation, but the next day that guy no longer worked for the company. Wow. That was reported. I talk about this story only for the portion of what I'm about to say. I was not in a position where I felt comfortable going to HR. Like after it, that, the, it happened very early in the morning. And I was like, well, I guess I could call HR and report this in. But I felt like because I'm a woman, I have to look the other way because I have to fight to be here. I have to like, I have to fight extra so that people aren't like, I told you we shouldn't have sent her. Ugh. Um, so what? What happened? Did you, if you, unless you don't want to share. No, no, that's, it's fine. One of the guys on the crew who I worked very, very closely with, he was one of the the high ranking guys out there. He was the one that called HR. He had overheard part of it happen and he contacted HR without me knowing, which was fine because he did the right thing. I wasn't going to report it. And he did. Wow. And that guy never showed, he never came back. I never saw him again. Wow. That's, Do you think because it came from a guy that they took it seriously? Do you think that um, if you were That's to a good question. A I don't know. I was asked by HR, like, you know, am I okay? And do I, and I, I was fine. Nothing physically happened. I was, he had just made some really off color remarks about my body and about how I was looking and what he would do to me if he could. And to be honest, like I said, I, I really didn't want to say anything because I was so pumped because we're just happy they would even here, right yeah right because I was just happy but that's so sad but that's the, I know that it's was the, the truth. truth that was the truth that I felt eight eight years ago we've all been there I do not feel the same way now I I believe oil and gas has come a long way in eight years I feel a lot more comfortable as a female this is the other thing Uh, from what, like I've met a lot, a lot of field people. I've met a lot of people here in the office, but the field guys and, and ladies, I just don't know that many really looked after me and still do. Like I was in the field last month and granted things are a little different with socially distancing. Yeah. But I am always, always looked after. That's really sweet. I'm grateful that that's never happened again. I only have that one bad story. And that was one guy. And, and it's so sad because that one person can ruin it. You know, totally. like, I, like I work in plumbing, yeah. which is a male dominated industry as well. So, you know, when I show up to do a training and there's, you know, 20 dudes in the class, they look at me like this bitch has no idea what she's talking about. Right. But it's like, mm, actually I do. So you might want to shut up, sit down and listen, Right, (laughs) you know, Right, but at the same time, it's like what you just said, my old boss used to make comments. Like I remember I asked him, um, Hey, what do I wear for this Christmas party? And he was like a low cut dress. And I was like, I'll be sure to tell HR on my way out. And he's like, tell her I signed her paycheck. You know what I mean? It's like, they say these things to you expecting you to just like laugh it off yeah no and in reality it's not laughable it's offensive but but like you said we're happy to be here right and that's how I felt at the time I don't feel the same way now I feel like I've earned where I am today but I will say like I've only ever had that happen one time and thank gosh because I think about that day all the time I was very lucky that nothing bad happened but that was also one guy out of the thousands and thousands of people that I've worked with. So, so that I, in general, I felt nothing but respected and really taken care of. Now, if it comes to like corporate stuff, I think that women will always, I mean, hopefully be paid the same, but we're not. I hope that I'm not passed up for opportunities, but I know I am. And I'm hopeful that it's getting better. Have Alex in my email. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gets my resume on the table. Yeah. It's such an old fashioned industry that is slowly get like, for instance, oil and gas does pay very, very well. They are known to compensate well because like what I'm about to experience now is the rolling 
uncertainty. So there's layoffs and people get bought and merged and blah, 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 blah. So they pay you really well. Benefits are excellent. I have the best healthcare I could possibly imagine. We just changed our maternity leave. I get even more maternity leave, which is now like five months of, like that's insane. It's a lot of maternity leave. That's crazy. They just added for the first time ever paternity leave. Oh my God. Which is really cool. If you like rescue a dog, you can take a week and not have PTO, just like get the dog home. Or like if you're adopting a child, you get the same maternity or paternity leave as someone who bore it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think these are the steps that people are going in the right direction. I think the more discussion we also have about DEI diversity and inclusion in oil and gas there's not a lot of people of color in oil and gas. There's just not. There's not a lot of women. I think I'm the only Jewish person at my company. In general, having these discussions about DEI, ESG, all kind of blends together. And it's like, how can we bring this industry from the dark ages over till now? I think they're finally having these conversations. And I think 2020 as much as I thought it was a totally garbage dumpster fire of a year, has really brought out some wonderful, wonderful discussion. Um, 2020 was actually, in hindsight, 2020. It, it, literally, yeah. Pun <laughs> <laughs> was not intentional, but <laughs> we'll go with it. I'm kind of surprised um, we haven't seen more of that out there. <laughs> but I think, in hindsight, 2020 was actually... Great. Good year moving us forward in so many ways and, you know, causing us to look at things differently. Like just the way we do business in general, yep. like you don't have to drive to an office every day. I can be more productive at home doing the same thing. I don't have to get in the car and commute two hours. We never and, had a work from home yeah. policy. There was no work from home policy. If you weren't at your desk with the lights on, no, you were, you were not working. That was, yeah. they literally thought you were not working. So I was stoked when they're like, you can work remotely. I was like, yeah, let's do you can this. Curse. I was like, yeah, my dogs have never been happier. Literally, if and when we go back to the office, I think it'll be like two, three days a week. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially like we've been trying to find ways as a society to reduce carbon footprint and like you know, cut this down on yeah. all kinds of costs and definitely working from home. Like, I think there's a benefit to being able to go into the office. There's like a social, yes, like, yeah, you know, emotional wellness benefit to being able to be around people more often, whether it's just your friends in the day or going to work. Right. But there's yeah. no reason we can't do it 50 to 70% of the week. I agree. The only thing that I worry about is, especially in oil and gas, a lot of friendships within your own organization. I miss out on talking with my VP. Like that's, a collaboration. Right. Like I mean, the, that's, that's FaceTime. Right. The networking, the FaceTime I don't building. get. Cause like, otherwise he and I don't usually interact all that often, but you kind of miss the networking portion. And especially as a woman, you have to, you have no choice. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's, so that's something true. that I, that I've missed out on. I feel this on yeah. so many levels. Like, even though I'm not in oil and gas. Uh, Any industry. Yeah. We're like always it, like, I mean, I really don't know an industry you know. where it's, we're not. It's who you know. Yeah. Honestly. So, I mean, that's, that's how I feel. The women, the woman thing is really hard because you wear it, right? You are <laughs> a woman. The other thing that, you know, I just am very cautious about is the Jewish thing. And it's something that especially going to these oil towns where like they've never met a Jew. I had one person ask me if I had horns. What? It, I will never, I'll never forget it in Williston. He was a really nice guy. He w- didn't say it intentionally to be mean. He was like, can I ask you a weird question? And I was like, sure. He was like, do you guys have horns? And um, I was do like- Do you see any horns, bruh? I was like, you think, one, I was like, you think horns would fit under this hard hat? but I was like no no horns and he's like do you guys also wear the special underwear 
Oh my god! Oh my god! Like, like, like the Mormons. That's so funny. It was like, no, nope, don't do that. I was like, I like nice underwear. underwear. But I was like, no, no. you know. Okay, it, but wait, can I ask you a question? What, why, why do you ask you if you have horns? Is that like a common like? It's, it's like it's, a, it's a racist. It's like, a racist, anti-Semitic. Yeah, old wives' tale. I think that they told people back in Holy the forties. Sorry, I didn't yeah, even know it's this. Very was a anti-Semitic. Thing. The other thing that I, I hope, I hopefully, if I put it out on a podcast, it'll go into the world somewhere. <laughs> why do you speak it it goes out i it hope so out. i'm about to say this and i hope this carries throughout every, everywhere in the world if one more person says well you don't look jewish oh my god <laughs> what the fuck does that mean what in the fuck seriously what like is there like a character is there a list a character there is a stereotypical set of attributes that go along with being jewish and i cannot i can't i if someone i actually think next time someone asks me this i want to fucking freak out i don't even know what that means anymore you have blonde hair and blue (laughs) eyes well also me too honey and i'm jewish like okay. I, I can't i don't know so yeah that's that's my soapbox about being jewish i always wanted to be jewish just wanted to let you both well know you know that. it's so funny because like when i meet <laughs> a lot of these guys in the field you know from midland texas williston north dakota you know hot in louisiana they, they literally are like i've never met a jewish person before and i'm like well what do you think <laughs> Like, you know, and, and, and all, I mean, like I have very good relationships with the guys in the field and <laughs> they like love, like, I, I know like last year I was up in, um, uh, Williston and I brought them hamantashen cause it's, it's Purim. So there are these like triangular cookies that I put like chocolate or peanut butter, or raspberry mm. jam inside. And I brought them with me on the plane to give to Ugh, them. Sounds and so they good. were like, we love Jewish holidays when you come visit. Like, you know, it's so if anything, I'm like, maybe that's the little bit of good that I'm also doing is like spreading yeah. the word that there are other types of people. Yes. Well, and I think Alex, you're a perfect example, just in these like little anecdotal stories about these kinds of experiences. We talk about it a little bit in last week's episode with Chelsea, how there are ways to have conversations with people where you can talk about these touchy subjects and talk about stereotypes or preconceived notions about you know, all different groups of persons and not decide to hate somebody for not already knowing or understanding who you are or something, some cultural group that you're a part of. And instead use it as a moment to grow and build a relationship where everybody gains something from that. I think too often as a culture, we like somebody would ask you if you have horns and people would be like, I hate that person. They're anti, like they hate Jewish people. And the reality is that enough people told them that Jewish people had horns that they just really wanted to know if you had horns. And, and by like, the way, dumb, that guy, their, their experience. I still talk with him. Like he is a very, very nice, he's electrician. And he's like a 35 year electrician. He's brilliant. He's super nice. And do I think anything less of him? No. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, I'm glad that he, I'm glad he actually felt comfortable to ask me. That's the, yeah. uh, I think this goes, this goes so, you know, so much more than just the Jewish thing. It's like anything, even like what I was telling you guys at the beginning about being in oil and gas, it, I wish more people would be like, Hey, Alex, like, can you just talk to me about fracking? But what is it? Like before I vote no, can you at least just tell me what, what I'm voting yeah. on? I had a bunch of people during two years ago, Colorado was voting for setbacks. And most people see oil and gas and they're like, nope, not void, you know, whatever, F that. But I had a lot of people reach out and be like, hey, before I vote, do you mind just explaining to me what a setback is? And I'm like, of course I'm going to do that. I love talking about oil and gas to people that don't understand. I mean, my dad, up until I joined an oil company, thought that where you put gasoline, like at a gas station into your car, that was where the well was. Oh my God. 
Dad, you, li- <laughs> you literally think that there is a gas, like an oil and, and by the way, gasoline is a product. Like you have to make gasoline from crude yeah. oil. You can't just put like molasses in your car. And I was like, dad, that's why there are so many people employed by the oil and gas industry other than just like gas attendants. Do you ever think you could be like part of the Armageddon team that has to <laughs> go up to an asteroid and drill into it? Probably not me. Probably not me. (laughs) I'm not smart enough for that, but I'm sure one of these Gen Zers are 100%. Yes. Speaking Um, of, how do you feel about skinny jeans and middle parts? Let's let's have this discussion. We have to. If anyone tells me not to wear (laughs) skinny jeans, they're wrong. Okay. They're They're wrong. Also, Paige knows. Like not every person can rock the middle part. No, I can't. And believe me, I would love to. (laughs) I would would love to, but some, like I have a very round face. I'm not about to do that. I will post for you all every day the week this episode (laughs) airs on our story, a picture of Crispin Glover in Charlie's Angels as the bad guy with his middle Metal part, part. Thank and his you. greasy black hair and the little cow sniffing up. the little hair locks and i'll tell you that is what i look like with the middle part oh my god and that stop. is why i will never have one we have to make I, memes I, I literally i can't even believe this is a discussion just from the hairstylist perspective actually there isn't a singular part that looks good on everyone because everyone has a different facial shape of course. hair length hair texture like right. It's all about balance. And the reality is though, a center part might be more trendy right now. Most people don't have a perfect face, like a perfect oval to pull off a center part. Right, no way. Uh, Yeah, I feel very strongly about this. I also have cowlicks. Like I have Jewish curl. Look, 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 look at what is that? You know what I mean? I I'm can't. not Jewish, but I have those too. Like these are my horns, I guess. You know what I mean? Like what? You can't. You just can't. You can't. Other than obviously oil and gas. Like that's something that is, you know, I'm very loud and proud about it now. It took a long time because I was so insecure about coming from Boulder and being in oil and gas, but it's my best way to make a difference. I think it's the best yeah. way I can to make a difference. I hate that we let people, um, like diminish our, our accomplishments. Like, like you're yeah. like, I, now I'm proud, but you weren't. I have some friends that are very loud environmentalists that will post on Facebook or Instagram that, you know, like all oil and gas is like killing the world and, And I was like, one, like, let us have, let's just have a conversation before you say like all of us within the industry are evil people that hate the earth. Like just have a conversation with me, which I would love to do. Most of those people will not talk to me. So. Well, and you were an environmentalist before this position. I I still am. I I love that though. I'll certainly hug a tree. (laughs) I, I mean, oil and gas is so heavily regulated. That's the other thing. I think Paige and I are talking about this. Yes. We have to, if, if we spill fresh water, like if I spill my Nalgene on a, on a drill pad, it literally has to be reported to the EPA. Like that's how stringent oil and if gas is regulated. you spill fresh water? Yeah. Whoa. Like they, they need to know everything. So it's so, you know, I just... I wish more people knew. The other thing is, you know, we're talking about money and taxes. Oil and oh, gas yeah. employs so many people and so many people pay so many taxes. So do the oil and gas companies. They pay so much money to the government. They're also super philanthropic. So that's something that doesn't get brought up. But yeah, I mean, there's so much good that also comes out of oil and gas. Like, I posted the other day because one of the CEOs from a neighboring company posted it on his LinkedIn. I reshared it. I can't believe how tied oil and gas is to getting out the vaccine for COVID. Um, and oh, it, I can't oh. even imagine. And it lists out like step by step from like even, you know, inside the laboratories 
to getting it physically into your arm, how many products of natural gas and oil are used to get that vaccine into your arm? It is so cool. And it makes me so pumped to be a part of the industry. Where do we think all the N95s are coming from? Where are the gloves coming from? All the PPE that's being used, they're all petroleum products. So hmm. it makes me even more proud to work in an industry that's had a really like big helping hand in getting all the nurses and doctors stuff that they need, getting us our vaccines, hopefully gonna get my vaccine here in a few weeks. Like I'm really super stoked. I'm trying to have a positive outlook on the industry. I hope that having conversations like these will at least allow more people to be like, hey, Alex, let's have a further discussion about, you know, the technical side of the industry, which of course I'll do. You know, the more we talk about it, the more normalized it is. And I think that's with everything else like you were, you were talking about just now. Like, let's talk about being different. Let's just talk about it. Otherwise it continuously becomes this like void. Taboo. Yeah. Yeah. Very taboo. Um, we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So yeah, other than about me, other than oil and gas, it's me, my husband, which we have a weird effing love story for another time. And then my dogs. <laughs> and that's, that's it. That's. That's oh, she's also a CrossFit trainer, you guys. I do so if you a want lot support, of weightlifting. Yes. Yeah, if you come, want to support, come take a class with Alex. I've never done it, but I, oh my God. Okay. It I support is, all ye who it exercise. It is so much fun. Um, Like at home, like I, we use the Peloton. Like my husband doesn't believe, this is awesome. My husband does not believe in group fitness. He doesn't understand why one would go somewhere to sweat with someone. I believe I am a big yes. group fitness girl. I am. I literally am like sweat on me, like sweat in, yeah. like let's share, <laughs> let I, whatever. I make um, all my friends that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I make a lot of noises also, which is not very becoming of me, but you just do. I'm one of the coaches over at CrossFit Lodo. So right downtown. Okay. For I'm going to look it up. Literally a half mile from you, Paige. You could walk. Well, we know I won't be doing that, but like, I was going to say, we know she could, but she'll drive. Um, If we're being honest, like I want to be a CEO of an oil company. That's what I want to do. I want to run a multi-billion dollar company. Reshare this episode (laughs) and make it hashtag Alex for CEO. (laughs) Um, I I would love, I would love. Well, don't forget us when that happens. Well, well, maybe we'll have a very different episode by then. Maybe like women are running oil and gas. Like, I don't know. I want to be able to make the biggest change that I possibly can. And I think this industry is wonderful. It just needs maybe some women. Like, Yeah, we're just going to start tagging all those women you said in executive roles in this episode and be like, <laughs> learn about the boss women crushing it in oil and gas. They're going to be like, what is this? And they're going to click on it. They're going to listen to our episode. And they're going to be like, not only do we have to be guests, <laughs> But we also have to promote that bitch Alexandra that worked on an oil rig because she's other, yeah. a badass. The one other thing that I will say about women in industry, and I really think this is just more probably about women in the world, the more that we are able to prop each other up, I think the better mm-hmm. it will be for the majority of us. So, yeah. you know, I always give credit to my boss my current boss, um, who has been a mentor of mine for years beforehand, she was the one that said, you know, I think you can do this role and we're going to move you over back into operations. And you think you can do it. Not enough women. Like, and so whenever I talk to a man, I constantly say her name, my boss's name to give her credit. She's one, she's a, a double degree master's in engineering and a PhD in engineering. Like she's brilliant she's not gonna go toot her own horn no and no and she would never do it yeah so that's like my boss my boss is amazing she's a female I I came I left New York to specifically join her rep agency because she's a female and because she believes in me and because she pushes me to be the best I can be like she's very um demanding but at the same time like I love it because it makes me a better person and sometimes so important. I hate it, but, you know. So you guys, what what we need to do is when you listen to this episode, 
you need to rate, review, subscribe, and share. But when you share, you need to tag your female mentors that have helped yes. shape you yes. into the employee, business owner, manager, phenomenal mom, whatever yes. it is that you are yep. and yeah. tag them in it and just give them a little shout out and a little thanks. And it helps us on a little bit too, but really let's appreciate the people that made us it's who we so are. so important. I only have a few female mentors. Most of them are older white men. Like I said, we'll always and predominantly sing their praises because to others. And like, you know, we have a few diehard listeners. I, again, thank you for that. Yes, listeners want to, yeah, reach out. Let's, let's have more chats. This was so much fun. What, um, um, where can they find you? Uh, do you want them to find you on Instagram? How do you sure. You, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's totally fine. I'm an open book on Instagram, Alexandra underscore Wingert. So that's my full name. Or if you just like want to send me photos of your dogs, I also love that. Like, I just love all dogs. I'm a dog lady. (laughs) I love it. Alex, this has been awesome. And I think that, I don't know. Hopefully people aren't going to be bored. No, this was so so interesting. Yeah. I'm literally sitting here recording and I'm like, oh my God, my aunt and my mom are going to text me and be like, you should hang out with her more. (laughs) but don't don't get it wrong like you want to go out and have a good time you you call me you know what i mean when's your birthday what's your sign oh i'm an i'm an obvious aries yes i love it i love it you guys all right whoever's listening you got to go check her out it i mean the this is so, so funny. alexandra underscore w-i-n-g-e-r-t yep that's, that's where you can find her um for everything that our podcast is i love it mm-hmm. so badass thanks, guys sick. yeah <laughs> i'm just ready you know what i mean i'm just i'm i'm ready for anything so alex as an avid listener as you know every yeah. week we do a card poll yes so this week i used a new deck you guys i've given it to a few of my friends aloe included because i love it so much it's a little different than an oracle I deck or a tarot deck it's called um, the Wild Unknown Archetypes deck by Kim Krantz, who okay. um, makes the Wild Unknown tarot deck that a lot of people love. So I asked the cards what the collective needs to know for this week. Oh. So the card we pulled is actually really pretty, and I'm excited to read this to you guys. It's called The Vision. Ooh. So The Vision, the dream, the imagined, the revealed. It is said that we are each born with a unique vision, a destiny toward which we are aimed. It is also said that we forget this vision the moment we are born. Thus, we are sent on a lifelong journey of rediscovery. Such is the elusive nature of the vision. It slips away, yet it guides. It appears in strange dreams and surreal images, seemingly untangible and preposterous. When we are connected to the vision, we carry an inspired, enchanted aliveness that others recognize. We trust the world and its synchronicities. We walk through the doors into wondrous opportunities. We all want to be near those with vision. They emit energy with more, or they emit energy more potent than any elixir. When we lose connection to the vision, life becomes dull and exhausting, lacking meaning, bringing back the mystery, bringing back the dreams. When light, oh, these, these, uh, each card has um, a couple little anecdotal things on right. the information. So um, it'll give like the dark qualities, the light qualities. And then if you want to go deeper, some artistic things. So um, when light, potent imagination, synchronicity and trust, when dark, disconnected from art and dreams, limitless or listless, aimless, go deeper, Twin Peaks by David Lynch or The Dream by Frida Kahlo. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Well, we were so just says, talking about our dreams. My God. Right. It says you can gauge how connected you are to your vision by how tired you are. Since the vision feeds us energy, it affects our life force and vitality. Look at art you loved when you were young. Listen to old records and poems. These are all ways to activate the vision. Oof, wow. I'm exhausted. So, Honestly, like, <laughs> this totally matches what we were just discussing we say that wow. every week right it's weird wow i kind of thought you, you like did plan that a little bit like no you watched me shuffle the cards no no i just what i'm saying I like because i because i just watched you do it 
but every week I'm kind of like maybe she already has like in mind something oh no <laughs> no I literally wow, like grab my was, stone and my car really and wild go yeah. to town it usually oh, coincides wow. the so this thing, week's theme is yeah your dreams dreams goals visions like who I am today Right. It's, That's what 2021 and Age of Aquarius is all about, you guys. Soon to be CEO, oh, HBIC billionaire, Alexandra. So, I honestly find that, that card to be so interesting that you just pulled it. Yeah. I wish I you guys could see my face. Yeah. I love that you're being honest about that because now that you're saying that, I'm like, I bet a bunch of our listeners that aren't really as into, you know, more of the occult things like tarot and Oracle and stuff probably all wonder that too if we're faking it oh yeah I honestly wasn't going to ask you and like even, <laughs> like I didn't know you know like I don't know I'm not like huge into tarot so I was like she must have something in mind that makes sense because they all make <laughs> sense but now that I watched you do it y'all this is real <laughs> wow that was really cool um yeah i appreciate it i think that that was the world knows you know what energy you kind of need and it was really cool that you just picked that card that. i think it's so wonderful um thank you thanks for having thanks, me on. I'm, I'm so excited for you guys all right girl thanks for joining us Bye, guys. thank you so thank much you guys, soon. you guys this was episode 15 and honestly a great episode to have as episode 15. Yeah, that was great. She's great. So good. So we, as always, would love if you would rate, review, subscribe, and share. And with that, you know, like we said, reach out to your mentors, you guys. Tag them in this post. Help some sisters out. Thank you so much, everyone, as always. And we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As Punch said, rate, review, subscribe, share. We're going to share a little tutorial on how to do that. And let's hope um, you guys all have a great week and follow your dreams. Yes. We'll see you next time.